Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I want to look at verse Luke chapter 5. I'm going to look at verse 4 and verse 10. I know uh, verse 10 is not on 4 on your sheet, but I'll just mark it. Luke chapter 5 verse 4 reads as follows. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Again, launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Actually, when you read this, these are actually the two statements that Jesus makes in this these verses. And then down in verse 10, it reads as follows. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. Launch out beyond fears. Launch out beyond fears. Fears. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word this morning. Father, your presence is here, is ministering. Help us, Father, to feed your, help me to feed your sheep, knowledge and understanding. Father, pray that we as sheep are hungry and thirsty for your word and your ways, and we bind every spirit of distraction, hindrance, unbelief, and so forth that will try to stop what God is doing. We pray, Father, for the anointed to be not only on this aspect of service, but on our youth ministry as well. Bless our youth and all those participants, Father. Let continue to bless every aspect of this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. You know, last week we dealt with the topic, I can't be afraid to go deeper. In the message, we got, I pray that we got a better understanding of what faith is. In fact, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read it to you and I'm going to go back and talk to you a little bit about it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Again, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith, faith is our confidence, our conviction, and our assurance that God exists and is creator and ruler of all things. He is, he is our Conviction. He is our confidence. He is our assurance. He is the one that we trust in. And but our faith is a substance. It is a foundation. It is a firmness. It is a steadfastness. Steadfastness of the things which we hope for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Verse two reads as follows: By it faith. By it which is faith. The elders or the mature saints obtained a good report or a, they were a good witness. They were a reliable witness and they could speak on an honorable testimony or a honorable report. And in Hebrews 11 and 3, 
through faith we understand, we comprehend, and we can ponder upon that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Our worlds, now of course we talked about more specifically the world that we live in every day. Whether we go to work or school or business or wherever we go, this is our world. And we, if we allow the world, the word of God I should say, to frame our world. And so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, in my opinion, faith and fear are on two opposite ends of the spectrum. Faith will be going this way and fear will be going that way. And when we understand to me what fear is, it gives to me a better understanding of what faith is. We understand what faith is, we understand what fear is and why I believe they're opposites. Go with me, if you don't mind, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 7. The book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 7. The Bible reads as follows. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For, again, for God hath not given us, he has supplied, he has furnished or granted to us the spirit of fear. He doesn't want us to be timid or timid or fearful or a coward. But he gives us power, he gives us love, and he gives us a sound mind. And as we go throughout today's message, I want us to look at or consider what it is that tries to catch us up in the fear and then go past it. Don't uh, don't stop in fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but we need to go past fear. We need to go into faith. We walk in by faith and not by sight. We also see in Scripture that, uh, and we understand that fear has torment. And of course, we we see in these two scriptures, God has not given us a spirit of fear, and fear has torment. Now. Fear can cause us to think, say, and act in ways that are contrary to God and his word. One of the purposes of fear is to get you out of faith. Get you stop, stop trusting God. Stop relying on God. Stop believing God. That is one of the purposes of fear. And fear will cause us to be lacking in courage as well as godly purpose. And fear will cause us to shy away from speaking and interacting with others. One of the ways you go past that is you go to the point where you are speaking. You are interacting with others. If fear is trying to cause you to stop speaking and stop interacting with others, we go past that into where we are speaking and interacting with others. It will cause us to go along in order to get along. Because we will not confront certain matters, even though we know it is contrary to the word of God. For example, we can see a person operating in envy or jealousy. We may be tempted. In other words, they're practicing envy. We know they're practicing jealousy. and We, we may be tempted to agree, agree with them and confirm this person is a backbiter. They're resentful. Rather, rather than confronting that, and speaking the truth in love as the Holy Spirit directs us, we will uh, not even attack it or not even deal with it. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 and show what that, a little bit about what that means. 
what I believe is some important points from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. Notice what it says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Again, but speaking the truth, what is true under any circumstance or situation. Know what God tells you is going to be true no matter what the circumstance is and what the situation is. But he tells us how to do that. He says, do it in love. Not the way we feel, but do it in love. Have love behind when you speak truth to other people. Why? So we may grow, we may mature, and we may increase up in all things unto him who is the head, which is Christ. See, Jesus, and what I love about this, Jesus is to me the perfect example of this particular scripture. When Jesus called the disciples, he knew every flaw that the disciples had. When he called the disciples and he called them to him, he knew every flaw that they had. But Jesus did not spend 30 days going over all their flaws. He spent three, approximately three years teaching them the word of God so in turn they could improve their life. They could think more like him, talk more like him, and act more like him. That's what he did. But he did it in love because the disciples knew when it was all said and done, he had their best interests at heart. And this is how the example that we must take. We must show people through the word of God what is what what is what we ask for them to do. Now, fear will cause us. Oh, let me say this to you. Fear will cause us to compromise on what we believe based on God's written and revealed word so that we don't offend others or not make them feel uncomfortable. So we'll smile and go on rather than seeking God for meaningful and effective ways to share his word with the person. We live in a society now where they will counsel you out if you say something that offends them. Not to mention the fact that they have no problem in offending you. But they will have a problem with you offending them. Oh, I got a problem with that too right there. But let me get to <laughs> Woo! A thinking person will offend folks at times. Because they're going to ask you about certain things. But that, that, that doesn't bother us as Christians because we should be able to answer and give a reason for why we believe the way that we do. I remember a person asked me probably I think last year, it kind of caught me off guard. They said, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Why are you saved? And I said, you know, that's a good question because nobody asked me that in a long time. <laughs> and, and what it broke down to was it was a personal relationship. You know, because I can give you all the biblical reasons. I can tell you I don't want to go to hell. I can tell you that, you know, I, my all the other things. But you know what it came down to? It, it was personal to me. You know, Jesus has been better than me than anybody. I can share all my darkest secrets with Jesus, and he'll still love me. Oh, look at that. Y'all missed that right there. Lord, I can tell Jesus how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking, how I want to think, how I want to thought. What I want to do, what I could do, what I could possibly do. And Jesus say, oh, calm down. No, I don't want to calm down, Jesus. I'm, listen, and see, I'm, I'm almost skilled enough. I can almost throw a scripture out there. Let me be like James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and call down lightning from heaven on some of these folks to try to act all crazy. God, let me get them. He'll say, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. I don't want to hear that, God. I want to pay. 
Okay, God, you can pay him. You can get it right now. You can get it right now. But hold on. Let me get a front row seat and watch it. Give me the popcorn. I want to see where you get them. Didn't work neither. So, anyway. But anyway, long story short, he is my personal Savior. And you got to be able to answer. If somebody asks you, why do you love Jesus? Why do you, why do you come to church? Why do you give? Why do you pray? You got to be able to answer these questions. And I know you give the biblical reason, but sometimes you got to be, it's got to be personal to you. It's got to be personal. Oh, cause sometimes, well, well, life, just good old life can mess with your mind. So we got to know why. We got to know why. Fear will cause us to shy away from reaching out to others or to show care and concern because we can be afraid that they will ignore us, reject us, or make us feel uncomfortable, unsafe around them, mentally as well as emotionally. That person is just being themselves. But the battle of fear can paralyze to the point that we avoid interacting at all costs beyond the surface. Don't go around, and this is what you need to understand, when you're ministering to people, don't go around thinking you know what they're going to say. Let them say it, and then you respond. Don't be trying to uh, cut them off. Yeah, I know, you said, no, no, no. Listen to what people are telling you, and you can learn a lot. Then you respond accordingly. See, sometimes I believe we get afraid of what they might say. And so we want to redirect the conversation. No, let people talk and tell you. Well, I was hurt by the church because everybody in the church wasn't right. Well, let them speak. Well, why were you hurt by the church? And let them talk it out so in turn you can minister to them appropriately. Are y'all following me here? We just can't go around assuming that we know what people going to think or what they're going to say. Let people talk and let you, Jesus. Okay, let me get out of that. Fear is real. And it comes to torment. First John 4 and 18. Fear brings torment. Most importantly, as mentioned earlier, it did not come from God. Remember 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Therefore, whatever tries to attach itself to our lives, and we find out his fear, we got to go past that. We got to go past that. We cannot be a believer who truly operates by faith and fear at the same time. In my opinion, Jesus knew he was going to have to deal with with and confront fear with his disciples because they had to be able to recognize and overcome it if they were going to be able to follow him. See, if we can recall in scripture, Jesus constantly had people looking and searching for ways to, to follow him, but they also had people trying to discredit him, destroy him, and ultimately kill him because they deemed him a threat even as a child. Even as a child. Go to Matthew 2 and 16. I want to show you that scripture right quickly. Now, let me say this to you. This to me is one of the scriptures that makes me cringe a little bit. Matthew 2 and 16. 
Yeah, not the fact that Jesus got away, but let me show you what I'm, what I'm talking about. Matthew 2 and 16 reads as follows. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men who was seeing him angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Now, what makes that so horrendous to you? To me, this is one of the most evil kings in the Bible. Let me tell you why. Not the fact that Jesus got away. But when Jesus got away, now, I, let me say this to you before I re- talk to you about this. In the Old Testament, even though the Bible doesn't go into it real a lot, but they would actually take babies and sacrifice them to a god, a god named Ogog, Ogog or something like that. And they would make noises to cover the sound of the baby's cry. This king was so evil that he went into districts. Now, can you imagine you just fed your child? You could have breastfed your child. You could have fed your child something from the table. Remember, two years old and younger. And And a guard knocks on your door, the Roman, a soldier. And a soldier comes in, and you're like, what? What's, why is this soldier here? What did I do for the soldier to be here? And he don't want you. The, 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 he's after your child. And you, in your mind, what did my child do? I mean, and then the guard says, your child is a threat to the king. And you look at your two-year-old or one-year-old, or 18-month-old, or six-month-old male, and say, why is my child a threat to the king? I'm a farmer. I, or I trade, or whatever I do. And they don't ask me the questions. They just come and kill your child. Two years old and younger. Not Not just one or two. Every child in the district, a male child, two years old and younger. And there was hardly nothing that any parent could do anything about. I don't know if you would be helpless, but I would. I would feel some type of way. You come kill my child because he's a threat to the king. A threat to the king? Really? This is how evil this king was. This is how Sick in the head, this king was. Jesus escaped it, but many children did not. And this is reality of this particular verse. Jesus also dealt with the Pharisees and the Sadducees that would show up at various teaching sessions to trick him or deceive him. In fact, there were times they would try to double-team Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 22. I want you to get that reality check in the Bible. One thing about the Bible, Bible is just real. It's just real. I thank God for his mercy and his grace constantly. Because you just never know. And some people think the evil just started in 2019. Evil been around a long time, y'all. Evil has been around a long, long time. And you got to know that when you're dealing with life. All right, now let's go with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. 
because he dealt with them because they showed me when he was teaching. They tried to trick him or deceive him. In fact, there were times they would try to double-team Jesus. Notice when it, in Matthew 22, we're going to start at verse 23. Matthew 22, we'll start at verse 23. Now, the same day the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees, how you can distinguish them, uh, of course, I use this analogy. They were sad, because, sad you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. And that's kind of we we say the Pharisees believe in the resurrection. I know it's, it's it's how I remember it. Okay, just pray my strength of the Lord. But they didn't believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection or life after death. They believed in that. But now the Sadducees, those their question, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher. Moses said that if a man dies, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, this, of course, is in verse 24. Now, let me say this to you. First of all, that was a true saying. What they said there was actually true. But how they interpret that is what Jesus had a problem with. Verse 25, now, there there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married and having no offspring left his wife to his brother, likewise the second also, and the third even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Now, if you didn't know scripture, that could mess your mind up. You're like, man, what you talking about? Now, some of us will get angry. And start saying, get away from me, Satan. Loose in Jesus' name. No, be like Jesus, stay calm, and just know the scriptures. Know the scriptures. You, listen, you ain't got to argue with them. You can be like Jesus. Just drop it in and then let them decide what they're going to believe. Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. See, you don't even understand or you don't perceive or comprehend the scriptures. Yeah, you've got part of it, but you don't really look at all of it. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and God is not the God of the dead, but of the living? Ooh-wee. When the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Boy, wasn't Jesus powerful? He dealt with their misinformation with truth. But actually what he done was he spoke the truth in love. Just like he told us over in the book of Ephesians. He wanted to give them a better understanding of what the word says. Now, since they're finished, the scribes want to jump in. They wanted some, but be careful what you wish for, all right? Notice what he says in verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, oh, they want to tempt him. They want to see what he had in his life. Okay, oh, gee, we so smart, we're going to ask you a question. Man. Be careful who you ask. I'm going to be up front. 
If you don't want none, don't go. Don't jump out there. I'm sorry. That's old school. Let me get back to the text. Jesus said, oh, come, excuse me. All right, let me go back. Verse 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in all the law? Jesus said to him, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Oh, that's so true. That is so true. You, you got to love Jesus, y'all. You got to love Jesus. No, listen. With all your heart. With all your soul. And with all your mind. What's left? Nothing. <laughs> because if you ain't loving Jesus like that, chances are you gonna be like First John. Excuse me. Is a hold on. Let me get scripture. I just read it to you. I meant to say I'm gonna read it to you again. I'm going. First John four and eighteen. Let's go there real quick. Hold that spot. Go to First John four eighteen. I want to show you this. Just show how important. What they said is, First John 4 and 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So in other words, if you got fear in your heart, you don't love God like you need to. Are y'all seeing that, what it's saying there? That's why we got to go beyond fears. We can't stop in fears. We got to go beyond fears. Beyond. Whatever's trying to hold us in fear, we've got to go beyond it. First, now go back to Matthew. Again, Matthew 22. We're going to look at verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Woo-wee. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Now he got he turned he turned in the table. They asked him a question. Now he get he ready to ask them a question. And when Jesus asked you a question, he already knows the answer to it. He wants to see what you're gonna do. Now watch this. They said to him, okay, verse 42, saying, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. Verse 43, he said to them, how then does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? <laughs> you know, I love about Jesus. That he didn't even answer their question. He just kind of messed with their head. And then he left them right there. That's what we call in one part of the world, mic drop. Boom. And verse 46, and no one was able to answer him a word. Not, nor from that day on did anyone there question him anymore. He dropped it on him and he said, listen, I'm gone. Or Jesus or something else, wasn't it? And one thing I, I drew from conclusion from this, Jesus was not fearful of them. He was not afraid of none of them. And in my opinion, that's why he could answer with such wisdom. He answered with such wisdom because he was not afraid of them. And this is what I love about it. He said, I ain't got to answer all your questions. Because I'm still king of kings and still lord of lords. 
See, some of us try to answer everybody's question, and sometimes the answer is you're not going to answer. Oh, God, that's good right there. You can't answer everybody's question. Listen, you've got to choose to believe this Bible or not to believe. That's up to you. You can choose. Listen, and if you can believe a history book, which you can't prove none of it, you know good and well you ought to believe this Bible. Look how they're looking, Lord. You weren't there when none of that stuff happened. If they tell you something happened in 1812, you weren't there. If somebody said it happened, they did something in 1905, you weren't there. They could have made that up. But yet you choose to believe that and you won't believe this Bible. And how do you know the Bible is real? Because it's changing everybody's life in this sanctuary. That's how I know it works. That's how I know God is real. Because he's changing lives for the better. Get back, get back, get back. Now, in my opinion, again, from a spiritual standpoint, Things like the pandemic, news media, people, and even some religious leaders would or would try to get people to react in fear and not in faith. So we have to grow and mature to the point that we will confront fear that tries to attach itself to us so that we can walk by faith and not by sight. We've got to launch out beyond fear. See, but fear will cause those who are fearful to act in ways that can stunt spiritual growth in God because they become immobile and not move forward. They're just in a holding position. A fearful auxiliary leader will not take it upon him or herself to grow in their area of ministry and will be threatened by others to the point they will cause the entire auxiliary not to move forward. Got a men's ministry, won't grow in being uh, in men's ministry because they're threatened by another man making a good suggestion. Uh, a man, uh, make a godly suggestion, but yet because I didn't make it, it must not be from God. Man, what's wrong with you? You got to learn that every good godly suggestion don't come from you. I have to be careful as a pastor. To make decisions in faith based on God's written and revealed word, lest I hinder myself as well as you, the congregation. See, fear has the potential to cause us to live on the surface, approach life on the surface, interact and build relationships on the surface as the Lord is leading you to go deeper. Now, I, I specifically put this in there. If the Lord leads you to go deeper, go deeper. But don't go deeper if he don't lead you to go deeper. Why? Because some people got in relationships, tied up in situationships, because they went deeper when God told them not to. I get before way man's right there, but let, let me just let that sink in for a moment. When God tell you not to go deeper, leave that alone. Why are you going deeper with somebody? Because a lot of times it's on an emotional level and not a spiritual level. Okay, Lord, lead out of that. Sometimes people get in deep relationships that the Holy Spirit has not directed them to go, and now they're in trouble. They get into a job more deeper than they need to, a business deeper than they need to, a person deeper than they need to, and then it causes trouble when you have to let go. In fact, if we're not careful, one of the things we've got to be careful about, if anybody we need to get deep with is Jesus. Quit 
do not have a surface relationship with Jesus. We're going to worship him. Do not be those individuals that worship him with their mouth, but the heart is far away from him. The heart is far away from him. I have two scriptures to talk about that. Let's go to the first one, Isaiah 29 and 13. We want to worship Jesus. Of course, the spirit and the truth, but this to me is Isaiah 29 and 13 really says something to me. Those what it says. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. Notice this. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near me, they approach me, come close to me with their mouths. It sounds like they're getting real close to God because they're talking with their mouths that they love God. I'm near you, God. I'm coming near you. And they honor me with their lips. They honor me with their lips, their language, or their talk. It sounds good. But have removed or become distance. They, they remove their hearts, their inner man, their will, their thinking, their moral character far from me. And their fear, their reference toward God, is taught by the commandment of the precepts of men. What does that mean to me? Men can direct you to a deeper relationship with Jesus, but only the Holy Spirit can guide you a deeper relationship with him. I can tell you how to get to him, but only the Holy Spirit can give you that deeper relationship. I can tell you all, I can give you the things to do. I can tell you what to do. I can tell you what the Bible says, but you need the Holy Spirit to give you that deeper, personal, intimate relationship with him. You need the Holy Spirit. I can, only, I can tell you so much, but I can't do it for you. And you need the Holy Spirit to guide you into a deeper, more personal, more intimate, more bona fide, more genuine relationship with him. You need the Holy Spirit to do that. I can tell you all day, but it takes the Holy Spirit to lead you into that personal relationship with him. That's why in this scripture you see the Lord saying, I hear you saying that you love me and you serve me with your mouth, but deep down in your heart, your inner man, your decision making, you're distanced yourself from me. It's not a deep love, it's a surface love. Because nobody knows how deep your surface is. Except God. You can trick me all day long. Oh, they look like they're worshiping God. Look, they raising their hand. They turning in victory. They're, they're saying the right words. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, and so forth. But where's the heart at? Where's the heart at? See, you can be saying all of that and be mad with your neighbor all at the same time. You can be upset. With your spouse, your loved one, all at the same time. You can have envy and jealousy and so forth in your heart all at the same time. Husband and wife, we have to be careful. It's our prayer that our spouses have more than a surface love. Because they may leave, stay, or do whatever they feel when they feel it. You have, Listen, you need a relationship with Jesus. 
You need that relationship because that relationship with Jesus will show you how to love others. How much more should we desire a more deeper and intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? He knows when we're locked in and when we're not locked in. He knows that when we're trying to appease family and friends and the flesh or when we're really trying to please God. Let's go to our second scripture, Matthew 15 and 18. Matthew 15 and verse 8. I'm sorry. Matthew 15 and verse 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Again, their heart, their will, their character, their innermost being is far. It's at a distance. It's a great way off from me. Their mouth is sitting in the room with you, but their heart. You sing a song back in the day, your body here with me, but your mind on the other side, fam. That's an old worldly song. But you could be you could be looking at me in the church, but your mind could be somewhere else. You could be looking at me. I look at you. And we look at each other. But your mind is nowhere in the building. Listen, you can fool me. Oh yeah, they listen to me. Let me go on to somebody else. They listen to me. They listen to me. They listen to me. But they mind ain't listen, heard nothing I said. Mm-hmm. Let your neighbor say, gotcha. <laughs> Let me say this to you. No one knows your level of commitment like Jesus. Jesus knows if you're 32% committed today, 48% committed today, 62% committed today. Thursday, you 78%. Friday, you 99%. He knows exactly where you at. Everybody needs improvement, so don't think about, well, Pastor, I got it all together. Anybody tell me they 100% committed all the time, 24 hours a day and seven days a week? They might as well be in heaven. <laughs> the rest of us need help. Because we committed today, but Tuesday at work, Somebody had told me, and I told them, and I got home uh, on Wednesday afternoon, get ready for Bible study, and before I hit the Zoom button, all y'all act, acting up in here, y'all better be hushed, because they don't need to be listening to me talk fussing at y'all before y'all get. I'm sorry, I got the wrong group. Let me go try somebody else. You could be... I, a child can be at school, get ready to do their work, but they fellow students get on their nerves, and instead of them praying for them, they're going to give them two, fifteen, thirty-two cents in their mind, and now they get in trouble. Now they're calling you, and because you know your child, look how y'all, you know your child. When they call, you know, oh Lord, what, what he, she undid now. Now, some people know they child guilty. I don't know why they be playing. <laughs> what y'all do to my child? To be real, you know your child? Mama knew me exactly when she got that phone call. I knew I was in trouble. I was like, well, if you don't call her, please don't call her. I do better, y'all. I do better. Come on to play. <laughs> if she had to get out of work, come on down, somebody was getting something. <laughs> y'all know who the somebody was, too, don't you? 
So we have to understand that. We have to know how committed we are. And don't be playing with God talking about, you know what, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 100% committed every day, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. You good. The rest of us need help. The rest of us need help. That's why God gives us this whole, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit because you, you can look good. Y'all can practice good. Performing arts, y'all can practice real good. Do the beautiful dance. Where your heart at? Boy, y'all, I mean, I, I ain't gonna grab this mic and sing for y'all, but y'all grab this mic and be. And right after service at 2.45 in the afternoon, somebody can, because it's life, y'all. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Now, I wrote something down here that I thought was pretty unique, and I thought it was, was appropriate, and I pray that nothing happens to none of us. Don't get upset with me and fall out with God. Don't get upset with somebody in the church and leave Jesus. That's one of the biggest tricks of the devil. Get up mad at the church, people in the church, things going on in the church, but they don't. And then they'll fall out with Jesus. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with us. Acting like we're not supposed to act. I'm supposed to act crazy. <laughs> you got to understand who Jesus is. You can follow people all day long, but never fall out with Jesus. You can fall out with me as the pastor, get upset with something I do or say or whatever, but don't fall out with Jesus. You get upset with us in the church, but don't fall out with Jesus. You get upset with your loved one, I'm talking about your boo, your child, your honey crisp, whoever. But don't fall out with Jesus. I don't know where honey crisp come from, y'all. Just, I think we were shopping yesterday or day before, and that just thing popped up in my mind. For those who know what honey crisp is, it's apple. A very expensive apple, too, in my head. They're not the ones we used to pick up from my yard <laughs> and eat. May or may not have watched it, neither. <laughs> Woo. But don't, I don't care who you fall out with. Don't fall out with Jesus. You fall out at your school, but don't fall out with Jesus. You fall out at your workplace or your business, but don't fall out with Jesus. I don't care where you go. I don't care what happens in your life. Do not fall out with Jesus. Don't fall out with Jesus. I mean, it's a lot of people to fall out with. Loved ones, family, co-workers, people you like, people you don't like. But don't fall out with Jesus. Don't fall out with Jesus. Don't fall out with Jesus. Woo. Now, we have to spend quality time get to know Jesus. His written and revealed word. That takes you deeper. That takes you deep. Allow his Holy Spirit to teach us, instruct us, influence us, be our all-knowing God, and we can know if our thoughts, words, and actions are aligned with him. We can know Jesus as a personal and intimate Savior. If not, fear in our flesh has the ability to talk a good talk, and our walk can be confusing. It can be confusing to others, but you know who is most confusing to us? We're confusing ourselves. 
Most of the time, I'm not fooled by what people do on the outside. I'm more like kind of discerned after a while. But, you know, you're going to know them by the fruit they bear, right? I don't get caught up in one service with you. We're going we're gonna to watch you for a while. Because after a while, your fruit going to come to pass. <laughs> Woo! Let me finish this up. We can say we love Jesus when it's convenient and popular, but we're not hard not in it. We can be givers as long as it's on our terms. I'm going to give. I love to give, God. You know, I, I worship you and adore you. I give, but yet I got a bill coming up, so I'm not going to give like I could have this week because I'm fearful. We can pray as long as it's convenient or on certain time schedule. We can love Jesus with our church family, but may see life differently when it comes to our friends and our colleagues. I believe that the Lord desires for us to launch out beyond fears. Now, I may not have called you a fear out today or something that you're dealing with, but let me say this to you. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you right now about, understand, you got to go past that. You can't stop in fear. Now, will you have to deal with fear? Yeah. But you got to go past that. You got to go past that. Especially when it comes to ministering the gospel to others. Ministering to babes in Christ. Ministering to those in and outside of the church. People are looking, in my opinion, for a solid church family with imperfect people who serve a perfect God. That's why Jesus told Simon, don't be fearful. Don't be hesitant. Don't be shy. Launch out. Launch out. And when you launch out, like he told us in Luke 5 and 10, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching men. You're going to launch to a place where you're making not only an impact, on your life, but on the lives of those you're ministering to, for those you're going to be talking to, for those you're going to be praying for, for those you're going to be offering a word of encouragement to. And can you do it? Yes, you can. But you got to launch out past anything that is fearful or tries to bring fear in your life. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.